Eric, I'm not gonna lie to you. I feel like I still have a bit of a hangover from what transpired on Friday night with Hamilton and Bishop Gorman. It was it was nuts, man. Um, and I'm excited to get into it. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Take It Easy Sports Show, part of the Arizona Varsity Podcast Network. It was a great weekend of football, man. Like, that was probably, I think even Ralph tweeted this out from the Arizona Varsity account or his account or something. That was probably the best weekend of high school football in the state that we've seen, at least at least from when I've been covering it for about four years now. What do you think? How crazy was it? Yeah, I mean, I can't remember anything off the top of my head that beats that in terms of all the um, wild games with big name um big program teams that, you know, have some upsets, some yeah. um, overtime games, some rivalries, things like that. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to really get into it with basically all of those games. Um, and I think just to start, we're going to go from maybe the not so crazy to the crazy just to kind of, I don't know, maybe keep people engaged a little bit. I mean, obviously you guys are going to be able to skip through if you want to, but uh, we don't recommend it because some of these games were absolutely nuts. Um, to start, Sandra Day O'Connor gave Chandler just about all that they could handle in the first half. I mean, the, the, the Eagles were actually winning this game 14 to 13. And, you know, I've seen this Chandler team in action. I know you, I know you haven't, obviously. But, you know, their defense is very good. Their offense is still trying to come along a little bit. They beat Cherry Creek from, from Denver, uh, you know, last week with Ethan Moore, quarterback. Um, and Blaine Hippel was back under center this week and they did eventually score 36 points, but it took them a while. Most of those points came in the second half. Were you at all surprised when you were kind of maybe, you know, scoreboard watching a little bit there between the games that you were covering? I mean, I was surprised obviously that, um, it was so close at halftime. Um, it's happened before, you know, early half of a game, you've talked about this Chandler team. Um, they're still young. They've got some transfers that are going to come in eventually. And O'Connor's no pushover. Like, yeah. it's not like they were doing that to a to a bad team. Um, I think that the final score kind of made sense to me. It kind of seemed like Chandler ran out ahead at the end. Mm-hmm. And um, But no, I mean, O'Connor has some, has some good players on that team. They made the 6A semifinals last year. That's no slouch. They have a good defense, and our uh, our verified intern, not verified like he's our intern, we knew that already, he's verified on Twitter, and he will make sure that you know it. Um, Andrew Morgan, he he said that this is one of the best defenses in the state. I personally, th- and he said specifically top two. Now, I think they're definitely at least top ten, maybe borderline top five, six, or seven, but I also need to see them in action personally, but I mean... They played really well in the first half against Basha before they gave up 42 points. And they played really well in the first half against Chandler before they gave up 36. In my mind, I kind of almost think it's one of those situations where maybe the O'Connor offense isn't staying on the field long enough to get this defense the rest that it needs. And maybe O'Connor's one of those teams that just doesn't have the depth that some of these other bigger 6A schools do. And that might be why they've kind of you know, played really well in the first half and then fell off just a bit in the second. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Am I, am I kind of right? Am I near it? Am I, think, I completely off? I think that makes sense. 
Um, you know, you see this quite a bit with all sorts of levels of football. A team that's a little bit outmatched can really, you know, when they're still have fresh legs, things like that, they can put up a fight at the beginning. And then that's when the depth that you mentioned kind of comes yeah. out. And Chandler's, you know, second and third string guys, when they come in and rotate on even a few, just a few plays, make a big difference. They've got plenty of players that aren't even the starters there. Um, and so maybe maybe the first teams can battle a little bit, but when it comes to that next, you know, rotation of guys, it's it's a little bit different. And O'Connor, um, they do have a good defense, but they've got some new players that are kind of switching in and out from last season. They've got a really good linebacking core. Um, that's the strength of their defense. Yeah. But you know, against a team that can pass, that doesn't make as much of a difference. Um, if you've got really great wideouts that can spread the field. So I think that um, you're going to see O'Connor start to get better throughout the season. They've played some tough opponents so far. Yeah. Um, You know, a Basha and a Chandler team are no slouches. Those are potential Mm -hmm. open teams. So I think that O'Connor is going to improve, but um, you know, Chandler's Chandler for a reason. They don't lose very often. Exactly. Uh, Chandler does obviously improve to three and O on the year. O'Connor, um, you know, as you already mentioned, they lost earlier in the season to Basha. Uh, they beat Tolleson pretty easily, forty-three to six, and then they lost on uh, on Friday night to Chandler. So they are sitting at one and two. Um, but they do have, I mean, man, actually, their schedule is really tough. Kind of looking at it, they got Chaparral yeah. next. They've got Highland, which will be um, that's actually a rematch of the semifinal game, isn't it? I think it no, is. they play Chaparral is the rematch. Oh, Chaparral is the rematch. That's right. Yeah. So they play the rematch of last year's 6A champion, or well, when they played in the semifinals, but obviously Chaparral's defending champion. Then the next week, they have the runner-up in the 6A conference, who I believe is going to return to the 6A championship game. Uh, Then they've got a much-improved Shadow Ridge team. They've got Boulder Creek, who we'll get into in just a second. Um, You know, a Valley Vista team that is not as... I mean, really, that's a good program over there. They've improved. Yeah. Then you've got La Jolla, and then you've got Mountain Ridge, who, again, we're going to talk about here in just one second. Um, so not an easy schedule for O'Connor, but honestly, if they can get to about six or seven wins and just get into the postseason, I think they can start making some noise. Especially I agree. When, like you said, they're only going to get better as the season goes on. Um, next game, Eric, let's go ahead and, uh, and throw it over to you. What did you see out there between Coconino and Cactus Shadows? Because that game turned out to be closer than it was initially. Yeah, so Coconino started out really, really hot. Um, their defense was playing really well, and that's um, against, especially against Cactus Shadow's mm-hmm. run game. And that was what Coach Mike Clapsley was saying um, before the season was going to be a strength of theirs, was their front seven defensively with a few guys in, in, the, in the defensive backfield that can make plays too. Um, so they stopped Cactus Shadow's run for pretty much the first two and a half quarters, uh, first half especially, but they went up about 11, um, stayed ahead by double digits most of the way until the final few minutes. Cactus Shadow scored with like 444 left. Yeah, 444 exactly. Mm-hmm. Coconino marched down the field, scored a go-ahead touchdown, and then played a really great um, final possession on defense to, to close out the game. They won 26-24. Coconino was impressive to me because you know they beat a 5a team not a slouch um and the it was their first game they missed the first two weeks of the season the first week was a bye and then they missed last 
game before this one because of COVID stuff. So the fact that they, you know, pulled out a win in a close game like this was was impressive. Absolutely. Um, and I saw that Cactus Shadows team against uh, Campo Verde, and it kind of seemed like they just ran out of gas in the second half. Um, but that's not a – I mean, for being 0-3, that's not a bad team either. No, they're solid. So, um, you know, sorry, I'm, I'm looking out my window because all of a sudden it got super, super dark. We're recording this on Saturday. Um, and I think we have a severe thunderstorm coming, so that's fun. Um, all right, next game, Eric. This is where we start to get into some of the juicy ones. Horizon beating Desert Edge, an open favorite, 31 to 30 in overtime. Was that the game that, no, that didn't, that didn't go to double overtime. That was just in regular overtime. I'm pretty sure it was, uh, I hope to say, I'm hoping saying this, uh, I hope I'm saying his name right. I just stumbled bad I'm over my words. I'm tired today, man. Um, you had a late night. Uh, man, I, I was, I was working probably until two um anyway uh klopfenstein is that how i'm saying i say his name right sounds about right to me something like that anyway he caught a touch or yeah touchdown pass in overtime against desert edge um andy litton has the horizon huskies at three and oh and listen to this name of or this group of teams that they've beaten They've beaten Pinnacle for the first time ever. They beat last year's 5A champion, Sunrise Mountain, and they just beat Desert Edge, who was an open team last year and is what people thought was going to be an open team this year. Still has a chance to be. Exactly. There's something brewing up there in North Scottsdale, man. Andy Litton has the Huskies playing probably the best football they've ever played. Yeah, man. They, I mean, they made the open what the first time yep. two years ago. Yep. Um, but you know, the quality of wins this team has are, are really special. And I think after the season they had last year where they weren't even a playoff team, um, you've got to put this group as one of the surprise, uh, maybe the biggest surprise positive um, for at this point of the season. Here's my question to you. Listening to their next or the rest of their schedule, Millennium Apollo Gilbert, Saguaro Maricopa, Campo Verde, Notre Dame. Saguaro is probably their only game they're not going to be favored in going forward, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Um, that none of those, uh, there are a few of those that are tough. Yeah. Um, I think oh, yeah, Millenn- yeah. Millennium's going to give them a game, but I, I would agree with you. I think Saguaro is probably the only game that they're not going to be the favorites in. So a nine and one Horizon team losing to Saguaro, do you put them in the open division? depends how Saguaro does the rest of the season. Like if they also go undefeated and, um, you know, they keep, I think the result of that game, if they keep it close, keep it manageable, I would have a hard time believing that they're not in the open. I'm going to just go off the bat and just say it right now that I'm going to put Horizon in my open for the Ocho for Arizona Varsity this week. I'm going to put them in. I'm going to take Desert Edge out. I think that makes sense. I mean, they beat them. So we'll see how the rest of the season goes. But for right now, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, so shout out to you, Andy Litton. Great guy, great coach. Um, man, that that's just such a fun team. It looks like I got to go out and see. It. Maybe I'll have to head out there for that Horizon Saguaro game, and I think it's like week seven or eight, something like that. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, some other close scores before we kind of talk about our next one. Um, you know, well, first things first. Uh, shout out to those teams that got their first wins last night. Gilbert, uh, Coach Zellner beat Fairfax twenty nine to six. 
Desert Vista put it on Mesa. I think that one was like 41 to 7. Tight or uh, Tyson. Tyson Grubbs. Yeah, you're going to see him later. Uh, Devin Grubbs had four touchdowns. Makai Hibbler, the transfer from out of state, I believe he came from technically Georgia by way of Tennessee, if that makes sense. So from Georgia to Tennessee to Ahwatukee. Um, he had two touchdowns, uh, both from Jackson Aikens. So Desert Vista offense, I mean, they put it together against Perry. Uh, Perry just outlasted them, honestly, in week one. And then they had that bye week. They were going to play Cactus, but then things kind of fell through. Um, so shout out to the Thunder for getting that that win, their first one in the Thai Wisdom era. Um, let's see. Ironwood, a close one over Peoria, 25-17. Those are two pretty good teams there in 5A. Ironwood Ridge knocked off Campo Verde 13 to seven. I knew that was going to be a really close game, and uh, sure enough, it was. Um, Marcos Deniza and McClintock. So this one's kind of interesting. Um, according to Jason Skoda, who's a part of the Arizona Varsity team, the stands had to be cleared because parents were involved in a brawl that started with the two teams. And I don't know the exact details. All I know is that police obviously got involved as well. Parents were arrested. And from what Skoda said online, it looks like there was like a block downfield. A player, I believe, from Marcos got mad, threw his helmet at a McClintock player, benches cleared, then the stands cleared, and then it was all a bad situation. Um, so, you know. Kind of takes away from what looked to be a pretty exciting game, 22-19 in favor of Marcos. But, man, just unfortunate that that something like that has to happen. And, you know, it wasn't something we were just going to skip over because that's not – it's not welcome in Arizona high school football or high school Absolutely. It's, it's not welcome in any level. Um, no. You can't have parents or whoever running on the field and – um, having any sort of uh, who knows if it was violence. I don't know if anyone was actually hurt. The, the, yeah. the details on this are pretty minimal. Uh, and I think they're doing that on purpose, yeah. but it's not okay to have, um, you know, extracurriculars coming from fans or family or whoever um, let the kids play. Hopefully the, the, everybody learns a lesson from this. Everyone's okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, Mesquite got its first win of the season, 39, 22 over Combs. Was that their first win? It was their first. Nope, nope, sorry. That was their second win of the season. They beat Gilbert last week, so never mind. But, hey, shout out to Mesquite. Uh, bouncing back after a, a very, very lopsided loss uh, in week one to Cactus. Uh, Flagstaff Mingus, tell us a little bit about what happened that one. That was a high-scoring affair, Eric. Yeah, so I was there for the first half of that one. Um, I ended up going. I had to leave to go to the Coconino game in their first game. Flagstaff was getting thoroughly outplayed at the beginning. Um the Marauders scored the opening kickoff for a touchdown. Um, Alvarez, their running back, he ended up in the first half alone while I was watching having two rushing touchdowns and two kick return touchdowns. And they were just making all these big plays and Flagstaff wasn't moving the ball the same way they usually had um, earlier in the season. Ended up, I left, I thought that Flagstaff might have a chance to come back, but they scored in the last like six seconds of the game um, a touchdown to go up 49-42, mounted a comeback before then, and it was, you know, an impressive win from them. Absolutely. A couple more scores just to kind of keep it rolling. Seton Catholic, 51-48 over Ben Franklin. That looked like a high-scoring affair. Um, Trevor Brown, they – Trevor Brown keeps rolling, man. 3-0. They're 3-0 this year. 
and which is awesome to see for you know a team that obviously didn't even get to play more than what two games last year something like that yeah um so they uh i'm trying to find the score now for some reason it just switched i think they beat uh who they beat why way to be prepared they beat sabola 32 28 um another one that i kind of want to give a shout out to as well at the 5a level uh sierra linda a team that did not have a season at all last year tollison district they're two and one so good for them good for the uh the bulldogs out there and that was a team that you know just a couple years ago they almost folded their football program so to see them having some success now that's that's really good absolutely Um, all right eric next one that we are going to really kind of dive deep into let's talk about the madness that occurred not in chandler that one's coming don't worry out there in goodyear between boulder creek and millennium did you see that game i saw i saw like highlights and everything on twitter and stuff but yeah yeah definitely millennium takes down boulder creek 41 to 37 a high scoring affair for these two teams and i actually had one of the students that i teach out there and he said it was literally back and forth all game long which is i mean that's one of the most fun games to ever to you know to watch and apparently at one point Millennium to take the lead, they actually returned an opening kickoff. So like Boulder Creek scored, and then literally on the kickoff, Millennium got the lead right back. So that's exciting. I, yeah. I love those types of games, man. Yeah, Millennium is a team that last year they were incredibly young. They went one yeah. and five. Um, head coach Lamar Early is one of the underrated coaches. He's he's great with that team. Um, and I think he knew at the beginning, he wouldn't say it, but he knew they were going to have – you know, some growing pains. Yeah. And this season they're two and one. They beat Willow Canyon heavily on the first game of the season. And then they only lost by a point to Centennial in week two yeah. at Centennial. So that was impressive um, from them to beat a Boulder Creek 6A team that was, you know, in the in the 6A semifinals last year. Yeah. That's a big win. Absolutely. Speaking of Centennial, Mountain Ridge came from, I believe, 21 points down without Brendan Anderson to knock off the Coyotes 39-35. Madness. That, I actually, I was reading, uh, I think it was Matt Loeschman. He works with uh, Richard Smith. He said, uh, arguably the biggest victory in Ridge football history. Has Ridge. to be up there. I wouldn't, yeah. it's hard for me to disagree with that. They, I mean, three seasons ago, I think it was, they went, um, they went 0 and 10. Yeah. Um, if you told a group of players that went 0 and 10, um, that they were going to, in a few years, beat Centennial, uh, one of the absolute powerhouses in Arizona football for a long time, I think people would have looked at you funny, but Mountain yeah. Ridge, big win there. Backup quarterback throwing, what was it? Five touchdown passes or something like that. Crazy. I think it was six, five or six, six? one of the two. Yeah. Um, and what's crazy with that is the the theatrics after not theatrics that's a bad word to use the the response i guess you can say now we were both on with chili last night in his post game uh post what is it post friday night show whatever whatever the show is called i don't want to say post game because like obviously there's several games we all cover yeah um and one of the comments there was about Centennial parents actually bringing up the op, you know, the option to move on from Richard Taylor after a loss like this. I don't know. I, I think that's silly. I think, I think that's making silly. a mountain out of a molehill. Um, yeah. Some disgruntled parent whose kid probably isn't even playing. Um, 
that just wants to be angry. And you can be angry that they lost. It's not a, I mean, for Centennial, that's a bad look, not taking anything away from Mountain Ridge. They deserve it. But, you know, if you're Centennial, you are not used to losing a game like that. And you can be angry about it, but that's, that's going too far. I don't think that, I would be surprised if that's even an actual conversation among administration and people who actually matter for well, and, those decisions. And that's what I'm saying too. Like it, it's just such an overreaction, but like, and this is what I was explaining to Jacob Saliga, another intern, um, you know, it, it's almost kind of expected for this type of reaction to come just because of Centennial's track record. Yeah. These parents, these players, they're not used to losing. They're not used to, you know, being, you know, one and two to start the year, three games in. They're not used to losing to teams like Millennium or teams like Mountain Ridge. Now they did beat Millennium, but but it was by you know only a point. They're used to blowing out those teams. But the fact of the matter is, you can't be good every single year. Like, you know, people will say, "Oh, well, look at Chandler. Go back, you know, seven years ago to Chandler. They weren't doing what they're doing now." They couldn't even beat Hamilton before they were doing what they're doing now. Then you look at Hamilton. You know, this Hamilton team two years ago won, I think, two or three games. Yeah, they were out of the playoffs. They didn't even make the playoffs. Like, like every team goes through a rough phase. Like, it's not, it's not like it's, you know, unheard of for like I like look Chandler. At some point, it may not be like in next year or the year after that or the year after that. Let's be honest, Chandler's going to lose a game to an in-state team. Of course. They're going to go through a little bit of a slump. Like Everybody not, does. Exactly. You, can't, you can't maintain it forever. And the thing is, Centennial's coach, Richard Taylor, is about as close as it gets. They've been oh, yeah. good for a really, really, really long time. Yeah. They've made the playoffs, I think, every single year under him, and yet they lose two games and they can still make the playoffs and people are literally calling for his job. I just, I don't know that I even believe when we say people are calling for it. I think, I don't even know if any of them were serious or just being overreacting in the moment and saying people are calling for it is different than, you know, the important boosters or the administration or anything like that. That's a A disgruntled fan in the stands. I mean, obviously we love our fans. We're fans first, but, um, I, I don't think that means anything. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, but I will say this, and I'm sure Richard Taylor knows this, so he doesn't even have to listen to this podcast to basically make this determination. There's no way he listens to our podcast anyway. Yeah, you never know. But Maybe. what I was going to say is... Hey, Rich. They do have to figure it out pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah, they've got Hamilton this coming they've week. They've got Hamilton this week. They've got, like I said before, an improved Shadow Ridge team. Then you've got Williamsfield. Then you've got Pinnacle, then you've got Brophy, then you've got Chaparral, and you finish with Liberty. None of now, those teams are easy wins at all. No, and, and despite the outcome, and we're going to talk about Liberty in, in a second as well, because, you know, that was another great game. Um, but, you, like, you do at some point have to figure it out because your schedule does not favor you if you lose, you know, if you, if you are in a slump year. So... Um, I think they will, though. I think it's Centennial, man. Every single year, we're like, oh, we don't know how Centennial is going to be. Look, Centennial's in the playoffs every single year. I don't see this year being any different. Open division, maybe not now with two losses. But 
6A is still extremely possible. They could still win 6A for all that counts. I mean, literally, they could still win it. So I think it's an overreaction, like you said. I hope it's not as serious as what it was made out to be um, because that that just makes no sense to me. Last year, Centennial went 5-3 and three in the regular season, and yep. they made the Open. That was a you can't really use last year though as a as a going as a point though because that was a weird year. I mean, they lost three games out of eight and yeah. still made the open. I know it was a weird season, but I mean, you can still lose games and be a high level team. They lost last year to these great teams. They lost to Chandler and Hamilton, and I forgot who the third team was. It doesn't matter, but um, it was as if. People were angry then, and then they ended up being an open team. Um, yeah, it's still early in the season. It's very early, very very early. Um, let's go down to three eight to highlight a couple games here. Some close scores again. This was a good week of of, uh, of high school football. Um, ALA Gilbert North knocked off UMA Catholic twenty eight twenty five, and looked what looked to be a very good game. Um, you know, it's funny, Andrew Andrew asked me, he's like, well, is ALA, like, for real? And I was like, honestly, I think ALA is for real. And they play ALA Queen Creek coming up pretty soon, and we'll see for sure how for real they really are, but that's a good football program out there in Gilbert. Um, Arizona College Prep, they bounced back last week with a big win over Santa Cruz. They bounced back this week in a big way against Odyssey Institute, 56-0. All of a sudden, Coach Bluford's team is playing it like he expected them to. And they haven't even gotten all their guys eligible yet. So they they could still be a scary team there at the 3A level. Uh, Valley Christian continued to roll 42-28 over Northwest Christian. Um, you know, I'm going to hold off as, as far as, like, saying the Valley Christian's going to be in the final for 3A, despite how good they've been already. Because for some reason, and the Trojans, if you're listening to this, one, sorry, but two, this is 100% real, what I'm about to say. You guys got to get past the first round of the playoffs before I start picking you to win a championship. Of course, and that makes perfect sense. So, I mean, the last few years now, they've been they've struggled when it comes to that. So, do that first, and then we'll talk. Um, jumping down to the 2A level... Um, Actually, oh, I know why I want to go to 2A. There's a – oh, well, Arizona Lutheran knocked off Santa Cruz Valley 15-14. That was a, that's a good win for that. Arizona that is Lutheran. a big game. That's a huge win. Uh, Sequoia Pathway 30-22 over Bisbee. Um, Scottsdale Prep continued to roll 48-14 over Trivium. And a really big game tonight, actually, that I'm still thinking I may try to go see. Santan Charter taking on Scottsdale Christian. Um, Santan Charter's kind of been able to turn it up a little bit lately. Still don't have all their players eligible. I think they have to wait like one or two more weeks for that. But um, that's a that's going to be a good one tonight if I can make it out there. Maybe not, though. I don't know. Scott's a little far driving. I'm kind of lazy today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the four I love, I think I already mentioned, Cactus. They continue to roll over Bradshaw Mountain. Um, you already talked about Flagstaff Mingus. So back to 5A we go, Eric. Um. Actually, no, let's go back to 6A. Sunrise Mountain and Liberty. I guess that's 5A. That's why I was thinking about that. 5A, 6A. It is both. Sunrise Mountain and Liberty. One of the best rivalries in the state. 
I think the famous YouTuber Destroying was out there. Um, I don't know who that is, but that sounds like it's a big deal. He, he goes out to some of like the biggest games. Like he was at Chandler Centennial a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He was at IMG, and I think it was Miami Northwestern a couple weeks ago, or like last week or something like that. Um, I thought it was him who walked into Hamilton Bishop Gorman, but it actually was uh, somebody else by the name of AJ Green. And I'm sorry, I, I don't know who that is. So not the AJ Green that plays for the Cardinals. I was just about to say, yeah. I know who it, I know an AJ not, Green. Not, but. Not that guy. Um, but yeah, so that's cool. Like sweet. Um, shout out to destroying whoever that is. I'm actually, not a big he's actually a really cool dude. Um, I bet. Um, I just don't watch enough YouTube celebrities yeah, to to keep up on that. Good point. Um, so anyway, Sunrise Mountain Liberty. Pretty sure Liberty had to come from behind to win this one too. Uh forty one yep. to thirty eight, the Lions got the W. What a game! <laughs> That's an over. That was an overtime game as well. Was it, wasn't that the like double or triple overtime game? Something like that. Yeah, what that is a game. You mentioned it. I've been to that game a couple times now, um, and it is so much fun. I last year's game, Sunrise Mountain, on their way to winning the five A championship, barely got the win over Liberty. It was a one score game. I forget the actual score. Um, but that was exciting. These two teams, you know, one could be one and eight and the other one could be eight and one and they would come in and play an amazing game regardless. Yeah. It's that way in all their sports. Um, it's a huge rivalry in in Peoria. I'm just, I think that Liberty proves a lot with a win there. Yeah. Um, that Sunrise Mountain team also proves that, you know, they're not going to be, they lost a lot of their seniors, but the fact that they could, play such a great game against a Liberty team that a lot of people think is an open squad says a lot. Yeah. And I just, it was one of those games on the, when we were on the sideline, I was with Cody, Andrew, we were scoreboard watching a lot of these games, Um, you know, Centennial Millennium included Liberty Sunrise Mountain was one of them. And this was one where we were like, Oh my goodness, like Sunrise Mountain's putting it on Liberty. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, wait, now they're in overtime. Okay. Wait, like what's going on? It was almost just like the Hamilton game, actually, which we're going to get into. But um, what a game. <laughs> just, again, like, all these scores, all these games that we have talked about. What? And I'm even going to throw one more in there. Perry edged Mountain Point, 21 to 20. Mm-hmm. What What a night for high school football in Arizona. Like, Great. There, was, there must have been something in the water, right? Yeah. I mean, it was just an absolute roller coaster of great games emotions all that stuff it was really fun it was like from like the north to the south i mean you even had some great games up there obviously it just like like we already covered flagstaff and coconino um it, it was it was a great night and it was kind of all capped off with what hamilton was able to accomplish absolutely on espnu which is uh what we're going to get into right now. Eric, were you able to watch any of the game at all? I didn't see it. I was covering, um, you know, the games I was at and then, you know, doing interviews, things like that. But I saw um, you have a video you're going to put out if you haven't already. Um, there's been a lot <laughs> of highlights and everything. Um, that Yeah, it was super exciting. I've watched back enough now that I have seen all the big plays at the end. But no, I didn't catch it live. All right. So for those of you that want to just hear it from 
maybe my perspective. Whether you do or not, you don't really have a choice unless you skip. You're listening to the show. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you, you kind of you kind of got yourself into that one. Hamilton struck first. Uh, Trace Spivey on the receiving end of, I believe it was like a nine-yard, seven-yard pass from Nico Marchial. Trace Spivey is a great name, by the way. That's a great football name. There's also a, a, another Trey on Hamilton's defense, Trey Tate. I like that one, but I, I think too. I like Spivey a little bit more. I do too. There's something about Spivey. Anyway, um, yeah, catches the pass, touchdown, 7 nothing Hamilton. Immediately I'm thinking, wow, that was way too easy. Like, this is – like, Hamilton's going to do this. And, and it's funny because when Chili came and stuck the camera in my face several times, um, I told him that somehow, someway, Hamilton's going to find a way to win this game, right? So that was my prediction. Keep that in mind. All of a sudden, Bishop Lorman – Man, Zachariah Branch is only a junior, and he can literally catch everything. You throw the ball into his radius, and he is catching it. And he had an incredible one-handed grab against uh, against Hamilton in the first quarter. It was ridiculous. Um, but, um, you know, William Stallings Jr., the running back for Bishop Gorman, he was actually – he's actually the backup, but the starter was hurt. So he took over. Uh, had a great game. I think he rushed for like almost 200 yards or something like that. Uh, he capped off their first drive with a touchdown. Hamilton punts. Bishop Gorman comes right back. And it was their uh, sophomore quarterback, Micah Alejado, a rushing touchdown of his own. Hamilton punts. Bishop Gorman kicks a field goal, 17-7 to at halftime. And the third quarter, the both, you know, both teams went scoreless. Both defenses actually did their job pretty well. Then, like, I think four minutes left or something like that, Bishop Gorman scores again to make it 24-7. to And at this point, the you know, the Hamilton crowd is is piling out. The student section is basically gone. I'm even thinking, well, here we go. It's over. Um, you know, Hamilton gets a pretty decent drive. They come down. They kick a 46-yard field goal um, with, like, a minute five left. 24-10, again, okay, cool, it's over, like, whatever, right? Then the craziness happens, Eric. And when I described this in my story, I said that this is something that usually you'd only imagine seeing unfold on a big screen in a movie theater with popcorn in your hand. And maybe Absolutely. And then at the end of the movie, you'd be like, no, that wouldn't happen. Right. And it, wow, what if that actually happened? Guess what? Yeah. It did happen. It is literally like, like, what, what's one movie? Like The Longest Yard. You know what I mean? When they, when yep. they finally beat the guards. That's what this honestly kind of felt like, minus the, you know, Adam Sandler throwing it at the private parts of a referee. And everybody on one team being in jail. Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, it's a good thing. <laughs> um, so Hamilton goes for the onside kick. They get it. They recover it. Uh, I believe it was a... I think it was like what, like a pass to, um, I can't remember exactly. Anyway, um, what am I trying to say now? I'm, I'm trying to like picture it back in my head, but it's like honestly like such a blur still that. Well, Masunas caught the, the well, okay, touchdown. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Nick Switzer uh, had a very long run down to the one yard line. Um, I think there's a penalty and they got back to the one or the two. And then Masunas was on the receiving end of a touchdown pass from Markiel 24, 17. I think there was like 40 something seconds left. Another onside kick. 
and Hamilton recovers it again. Two onside kicks in a row. Remind mind you, it was twenty four to seven in game time, less than probably forty seconds earlier, less than that. Then Nico Markiel finds Christian Anaya, quick little out route for about 13, 14 yards. Um, Nico runs it for about 18 to 20 yards to about the 20, 18 yard line, 22 yard line, something like that. I think it's 22 yard line. They clock the ball. Something just over 10 seconds left. Switzer again out of the backfield, splits two linebackers. They're both just standing there flat footed. They turn and release too late. And he catches the ball wide open, gets into the end zone for a touchdown, 24-23, Bishop Gorman still leading. Mike Zadebski rolled the dice. He did this last year against Chandler in the Open Division Championship. It did not work. He knew he had them on the ropes. That is Bishop Gorman. It was the number seven team in the country. They had all the momentum. They went for it. Nico rolled left, got into the end zone. And Hamilton took the lead. It was... I was standing there, Eric, and when I tell you that my jaw was on the grass, it was on the grass. I looked at Andrew and I looked at Cody. I said, what the hell did we just watch? It was crazy. It was, it was the, I always say the the Chandler Highland game from 2018 was the best game I've ever covered. This one takes the cake. I have a new favorite game I've ever covered. I have never seen anything like this comeback. And two plays later after the kickoff, uh, Hamilton was literally rushing the field because they had just completed probably one of the greatest comebacks in school history and probably the greatest comeback in Arizona high school football history. It was incredible, man. Yeah, that's so crazy. I mean, it really doesn't even sound real when no, you say it. It doesn't. That's that's what's crazy about it. It literally sounds like I'm just describing like a screenplay. Yeah, yeah, this could be in a movie. You said it at the beginning of this part. It's, I, I just... And like, I even like woke up this morning, I tweeted out, I'm like, good morning, Twitter. I still can't believe what just happened. Something like that. Like, and I mean, just the the Twitter, the trending thing on Twitter, they said Bishop Gorman won, but literally this game was trending on Twitter. It's just, I, I, it, I just don't understand how that even happened. I don't understand why Hamilton couldn't move the ball up until the last minute and a half of the game. Um, it was it was just such an incredible moment to be a part of. And someone even said it to me. He said on Twitter, uh, you know, I've written enough game stories to know when they just start to write themselves. And he said, but sometimes you can't like start writing earlier or something like that. And he said, this was a career game for you to cover. And I said, you know, you're 100 percent right. This was a career game for me to be a part of and be, be able to cover and write a story about. Yeah, man, it's going to be something people remember for a long time. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, and, you know, we were threatened by uh, some dude in a polo that we couldn't post videos, but it was just too crazy that we had to post the videos. So if my Twitter gets banned in the next couple of days, you'll know why. So worth it. Yep. That if you're not verified, like, it doesn't matter anyway. Verified video, or nothing. Yeah, that's true. That video has like 37,000 views right now on my Oh, Twitter. wow. It's insane. Um but everyone was tweeting. I mean, honestly, at this point, there's so many highlights up everywhere that aren't like ESPN related that they'd have to ban like hundred hundreds of accounts. So they're probably not going to do anything. But yeah, of course. But man, it was it was insane. 
and Hamilton was number 26 entering that contest. Where do you see them falling now? It has to be top 10, right? Because Bishop Gordon was in the top 10. That's what I said. I, I say you move them immediately to top 10. Now, granted, I don't know how Max Prep does it. It doesn't make any sense. I, I don't think, know. I think, though, I, I don't think they'll be in the top 10, but I think they should be. That top, it's so subjective that I just don't know what to think. I, I agree with you, though. It was to the point, Eric, where, and I this isn't official yet, but if Hamilton and Chandler keep winning and that ends up being a top 10 matchup in the Battle of Arizona Avenue and maybe ESPN comes in again, it's to the point where my boss told, and you know you know who my boss is, he used to be your boss, yes. he told me that I could cover that game instead of the Tukey Bowl. That would be pretty huge, crazy. Which is huge, which I almost feel like, dirty or like you know what i mean because like the tiki bowl is like our thing so i I would feel really weird not doing it so i'm probably not going to but like that's how like even like my boss recognizes just how huge that could be for the state like that's insane and the tiki bowl is the biggest week of the year for us of course our name is on the trophy yep (laughs) so you present it I don't. I, I was supposed to. You did but... once. No, I didn't. I was supposed you said, to. You gave it to him, didn't you? No, no, I was supposed oh. to, but then some random mom grabbed it and mm-hmm. started. Good yeah. for her, her moment of fame. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, um, but man, just what a game. But yeah, I mean, if Chandler if Chandler and Hamilton meet up and they're a top 10 team, both are top 10 teams, oh my goodness. ESPN yeah. has no choice. They have to come out right? You would think so, right? Yeah. I mean, it just depends on what their schedule is. I don't know if they have these things pre-planned yeah. or whatever, but you'd think that that would be something they th- at least thought about. Exactly. So, And the, the, the best part about it, Arizona is now 2-0 against out-of-state competition in, in big spotlight games like this. Chandler beat Cherry Creek, Hamilton beat Bishop Gorman. Next up is Saguaro taking down Sierra Canyon in a couple weeks. So that's going to be a fun one too. I think I'm going to have to be at that one. That's going to be a fun game. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's our little, uh, recap for, uh, for this past week. I can't really say if it's a week three or week four, because for some teams it's week five and four and three for others. So this um, week in high school football, yeah, this week in high school football, September 17th and 18th. Um, Eric, what is the best thing that you ate? Actually, before we do that, let's thank our sponsor, shall we? That's right. Let's do that. All.net, Papa Hinojosa, always uh, provides me with some highlights from the uh, the Mountain Point games because he always records them. Um, helps me out actually a lot when I'm not recording or don't get my uh, don't get my camera out in time. But he also helps a lot of people on a daily basis with their insurance needs. They've been Arizona focused for almost 40 years. They have 30 Valley locations for your home, auto, and commercial needs. They're the most referred agency in the state. And they're only focused on you, the customer, and the service that they provide to you, along with finding the right coverage and the right price. They have 20 different carriers, and they do the shopping for you. Eric, that sounds amazing, doesn't it? Yeah, you just got to go to all.net. It's 602-233-3333, and that's A-A-L-L dot net. Right on. Thank you to all.net insurance for sponsoring not only us, but all of Arizona Varsity great friends over there and we really appreciate everything that they do to help us kind of stay they're day one they are day one 
they are they're the OGs. They're the, they're the bays. So what the the kids say? Yeah, something um, like that. We're uh, old. Yeah, I feel ninety. Um, Eric, what is the best thing that you ate in the last week aside from prunes? Because we're ninety. I don't know if I've ever eaten a prune before. Honestly, I haven't either. isn't it you one know, of those people... things that just they associate with older generations? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I knew what the reference meant. I just don't know if I've ever actually eaten one. It gotcha. made me think about that. Um, hmm. what is the best thing I've eaten this week? I had a slice of pecan pie and I hadn't had pecan pie in a really, really long time. Hmm. And it just, you know, it's not something I can eat all the time, but done well, done right. It's beautiful. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. Best thing that I've had. Let's think. Is it lame if I say that it's a protein bar? Was it a really freaking good protein bar? It's a really freaking good protein bar. What kind of protein bar was it? Uh, Bear Bells. I've never heard of that. Yeah, man. Cookies and cream. And they also have this like chocolate dough flavor that I got. Oh my goodness. It's good, man. It is really good. Uh, hashtag unpaid ad. But if you if you're looking for a good uh, protein bar with, you know, very good macros, good protein, low fat, uh, good amount of carbs, go find Bear Bells at a GNC or Trader Joe's or something near you because they're fantastic. Maybe they can start sponsoring us because I'll eat 15 in one show if, if that's the case. Um, obviously, that's not healthy, but they're that good, bro. Like they taste You'd like get candy. really jacked. They taste like a candy bar. <laughs> I dig I would, that. I would get really jacked, but not in a good way. Um, <laughs> you get jacked up. Um, what else have I had? Um Man, I can't really think of what else. Are you a pie or cake guy? I'm a brownie guy. I don't like either brownie of those. guy. Um, you don't like. You're telling me you don't like any kind of pie. Yeah, I guess I do. I just prefer brownies. Of course, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, so, that what kind of pie do you like though? Because I'm a uh, pie guy. If I'm if over I'm a, a cake, I'm a big apple pie fan. Apple pie is great. Pumpkin is always great, of course. Um. I did have a pumpkin uh, drink the other day. I felt very, uh, very white chickish. Um, yeah. Pumpkin spice. Um, you know why people like pe- so many people order that? Because why? it's good. No, it is. It is actually very. <laughs> That's good. the thing. People make it fun of it, but there's a reason it sells so much. Is because it tastes really good. It, it's legitimately good. It's one of those things where like it's so good, but then they like. They dangle it in front of you for like three months and they take it away. Yeah. Then they bring like eggnog, which is blah. But you can get out of here with eggnog. Get your eggnog out of here. Yeah. Take it away. Yeah. Go somewhere else. Eggnog's lame. It's a lame drink. People only drink it because it's the holidays. It's stupid. If it was actually good, people would drink it the rest of the year. Eggnog is like... I feel I feel the same way about eggnog as you feel about Sister Jean. Yeah, I feel that eggnog with your well. With the, your if eggnog was spirit, if eggnog was any good, people would drink it in like March. You've never heard of anyone drinking eggnog in March. Yeah, that's true. What but, is it? What is that even made out of? I don't know. I I tried it once and it was bad, and yeah. I never drank it again. Same. Okay. Um. I had a really good Chipotle bowl. I mean, you can't go wrong with Chipotle. So That was your pick last week, too. 
except you called it a Chick-fil-A burrito bowl. I love Chipotle. It's great. (laughs) I think that's pretty obvious. I love Chipotle. All right, Eric. Um, Let's wrap things up. Rest of your weekend. I'm not covering any ASU or anything. I'm going to just watch it as a, as a fan. I know you've got NAU and uh, U of A tonight. What are you expecting for that? I'm expecting it to be a sloppy game at first. We're recording this a few hours beforehand. Yeah. I think neither of these teams have won a game yet this season. I think that there's going to be some feeling each other out a little bit at first, and then we'll get into it. Um, Northern Arizona has struggled to move the ball so far, but yeah. so is so is Arizona. So whoever kind of puts up a better offensive attack, both defenses have been you know hit and miss too, but whoever can move the ball more consistently is going to win that game. Whoever scores more points is going to win the ball game. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> oh, man, right on. All right, well, thank you all again for listening, as always. It was a great show, just kind of going over all the scores, all the all the craziness that was the Arizona High School Football Week. Um, and hopefully we get more weeks like that because it's a lot of fun. Uh, make sure to give us all a follow on Twitter at Zach Elvira, at Enuman Rights, at AZHSFB, and at Arizona Varsity. And with that being said, we will talk to you all next week. Eric, any last words?